welcome to the Jason Claus Show. I'm Jason Claus, your host, and today we're talking about, as always, good ideas for busy managers. Welcome to the show. I'm Jason Claus. I'm your host, and this is the Jason Claus Show. It's a podcast dedicated to helping you, the busy manager, find good ideas to help you be more productive with your team. My experience is that the best managers out there, they're idea collectors. They're always on the lookout for great ways to build culture, to help build their team, to help get more out of their people, to help their people succeed. And that's what this show is about. It's about trying to find the best ideas out there and put them together in a format that's uh, easy to consume, something that you could listen to on your morning commute if you wanted to. I've got a great show for us today. We're going to be talking about three inexpensive ideas to make your network more secure. This has been something that's been coming up over and over and over again in my conversations with, uh, with my customers and my prospects. And we're going to get into that right after this. Did you know that 61% of the cyber attacks that are going to occur this year are going to target small businesses? If you're listening to this podcast, that's likely you. And the only question you need to be asking yourself is, what are you going to do about it? If you've got some ideas, that's great. If you don't have some ideas, that's great. My company, All Covered, created a resource. It's an ebook called Four Ideas to Protecting Your Business. And we'd like to give it to you for free. So to get a hold of it, go to www jasonclaws.com forward slash security and download your free copy today. Welcome back from the break. All right. Like I said, we're going to be talking about three inexpensive ideas to make your network more secure. But before we get into those ideas, I want to walk you through some statistics. 61% of the attacks that are going to occur here in the United States they're going to target small to medium-sized businesses. They are not the attacks that we read about in the news targeting Citibank or Bank of America. They're going after the, 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 the companies that I know. The com- if you're listening to this podcast, they're going after you because there's turning out to be money in it, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Of those, 40% of the small to medium-sized businesses, they're managing their own security, and they're going to be accessed by the, the hacker. So 61% are going to get targeted. 61% of the, of, the, of the attacks are targeting you. Of those, 40% are going to be successful. Of those, 50% of these small businesses aren't even going to know they were attacked until it's too late. It's when they're trying to open up a file and realize that they've been infected with a, a, one of the crypto um, variants um, one of the ransomware attacks. 85% of the mobile devices out there are unprotected, meaning they're susceptible to virus or malware. 68% of the companies that are out there have some sort of, of permission in place to allow employees to use their own devices to access corporate resources. And there's been a 400% increase in malware targeting mobile devices since 20, 2012. That's a, that's a pretty frightening number. 31% of PC users are going to lose data this year due to events beyond their control. A hard drive failure, a motherboard failure. They, the laptop falls out of their computer bag and breaks. And maybe there's some really sensitive data living there that can't be recreated. 
140,000 hard day of crashes occur every week in the United States. 140,000 per week. 78% of the infections that occur are email-borne, meaning that there's a nasty little email that's engineered to be very, very clickable, and someone accidentally clicks on something they shouldn't, and boom, you're infected with a virus. And it might be disastrous. There's all kinds of threats out there. There's malware, spyware, adware, phishing, data theft, ransomware, viruses, password hacking, vulnerability scanning, packet sniffers. The list can go on and on. There are lots of variants and lots of really nasty stuff out there. They can have a very negative impact on the performance that your computing environment has. It can really impact the experience that you're having with it. And for most of the people out there, if you're listening to this, it's the kind of thing that, that really, really disrupts business. I talked a little bit last time about CryptoWall and ransomware. This is a particularly nasty one because it installs software that begins encrypting files on your computer network and then holds those files. Your files, your data, it holds at ransom until you pay the ransom in Bitcoin. And sometimes if you pay the ransom, you still don't get your data back. Because we're not talking about the, the, the most scrupulous people. Um, go figure. They wouldn't, they wouldn't make good on the, on the transaction once you've paid them. And so then you're hoping that you've got a backup that you can go to. Um, if you've run into this, my company has some really interesting approaches to, to heading this off and then mitigating the impact if you're infected. I'd love to talk to you about that, actually. The security piece is just one piece. We, some of the statistics I was sharing was about data loss, right? They're, they're kind of hand in hand, right? So an attack is, is harmful, but losing data can be just as harmful. Um, three out of four companies that had a disaster. Now, now, there's a difference between losing data and having like a catastrophe, and that's what this is talking about. Three out of four of these companies, they lost mission-critical data. Um, they, lost, they lost files that were very important, and they had days of downtime. 60% of the companies didn't have a, a full-scale data recovery plan in place, and 40% of those companies said their data recovery solution didn't work at all. So they actually had a false sense of confidence in whatever it was that they were using. And then this last one, it's just heartbreaking. 60% of the companies that have lost a significant amount of data will shut their doors within six months. It's because the data is that important to running the business. A lot of people don't even recognize that because it's kind of creeped up on us. Again, there's all kinds of in the same way there's all kinds of threats from a security perspective, there's all kinds of threats from a data loss perspective. We have fires and floods and quakes and hurricanes, tornadoes, data corruption, hardware software malfunctions. There's human error, uh, power brownouts, theft, and of course ransomware and malware are also uh, contributing factors to to data loss. It's a uh, uh, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And, and I know it sounds very bleak, but there are things that we can do to address it, which kind of brings me to the ideas I have for you. And these ideas are things that you can do, things that you can implement, regardless of who you're working with. And they'll help. But you really need to take a deep look at this if this, this is something that concerns you, because these ideas by themselves will help but there's a lot more that you can do if you're working with a partner that really understands what's at stake. So the first idea, strong passwords. 
That seems like it should be a no-brainer, but you would be astonished how often I find out that companies have lots of people in their organization where their password is password or only slightly better password one, two, three. It's really important to teach your team to create stronger passwords. And that's what I want to teach you today. The, the, the easiest way to create a strong password in my mind is to use a password phrase. And so that way you don't have to remember the actual password and it can be fairly complicated. So let me give you an example. Instead of my password being password one, two, three, my password is going to be a phrase. And that phrase is eat chocolate and ice cream one time a day. I can remember that eat chocolate and ice cream one time a day. I can repeat it a couple of times. Then what I do is you take the first letter in each of the words, and then that becomes your password. And you can mix and match the capitalization as well. So in my example, I'm only going to capitalize the, the first letter, and I'm going, to end the, I'm going to end the phrase with an exclamation point. I'm also, instead of spelling out the word one, I'm using the digit one. So my password is capital E, C-A-I-C, the number one, T-A-D, exclamation point. And that's a much more secure password, a much more difficult for, for a, a, an attacker to, uh, to figure that password out. So I would encourage you, there's some videos out there that, that, that teach this. I'm going to include some, some links in the show notes to that. But this one thing could actually be really, really helpful for the, your organization. The other thing is that you can slightly differ, differentiate those passwords for each different type of login that you have because it doesn't make sense to have one password for everything because on the off chance that an attacker is able to compromise that password, now that person has everything else. So here's some examples. So for Facebook, we use the same thing. Eat chocolate and ice cream one time a day and then at the end of it, capital F, capital B for Facebook. So the password is capital A, C-A-I-C, the number one, T-A-D, exclamation point, capital F, capital B. And then maybe the corporate network is the, the one that we talked about to begin with. Or you could put, you could put uh, another letter maybe at the front, right? So for corporate network, there's a capital C at the beginning. In any case, you can see how this works, and then it makes it a little bit easier to create these stronger passwords and remember those, these stronger passwords. The second idea is also around strong passwords. And this is about the enforcement of strong passwords and making sure those passwords are changed with some frequency. And most companies already have that mechanism built into their current computing infrastructure. If you have a, a server in place that's managing users and computers, it's typically called a domain controller. You already have everything you need to be able to enforce strong passwords uh, and also to make sure those passwords are being reset every 90 days. I think a lot of companies don't do this because they think it's, it, it, it's a, a hardship, but it's really something that you should do, and anybody should be able to configure this for you. Your current provider should be able to configure this for you. And, and, and if you want to talk to me about it, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. But you shouldn't have to purchase any new software to do this unless you don't already have a domain controller um, on, uh, in, in your corporate environment. So a couple of other things. Reset it every 90 days. You should set it up so that you can't use the same um, password as you did the, the, previ uh, the, the previous three times. Um, and like I said, most networks already have this ability. It's just not turned on. 
And then finally, this is another one where you're going to get pushback from your team, and I get pushback when I suggest it. But most of the the nastiness that that wreaks havoc across corporate networks, it has to install itself at some point on on a machine on a host machine somewhere. So you can reduce the footprint by just limiting the amount of, of people in the organization that have permission to actually install software on their machines. And the way I cancel, counsel people to do this is you should have a local user account and a local admin account. Every user should have one of these and be trained that the typical way to work is with the local user account, not the local admin account. So the way this would work practically is I log in in the morning, I'm using an account that does not have the permission to install software. I can download it, but I can't install it on my machine. And if I try to install it, I'm going to get a warning that says you don't have permission to do this. You have to be an administrator to be able to install software on your machine. In which case, if it's software I don't want to install on the machine, then I'm protected. If it is software that I want to install, I have to then log out as the local user and log back in as the local admin, then install my software, and then remember to log out again and then log back in as a local user and then use the software. And I know it's an extra step. I've actually seen people not even allow their users to have a local admin account. That works too. It's also, but it's more restrictive. So if you th- you know think about having a daily use account that doesn't have permission to install software on the local machine, train your people to use that, and then the few times per month that you need the, the ability to install software, make that available to your users or or don't. But either way, you'll you'll really help yourself, do yourself a favor, and and reduce a lot of the the likelihood that you're infected with nastiness. The last thing I'll share, this is, there were three ideas. This is not necessarily an idea, but just, but just food for thought. If you're having these conversations with your team, don't assume that you only have to have the conversation with them once. I did a podcast a few way, a few time, uh, times back, and in it, what we, we, what we talked about were reasons that you don't get the performance that you want from your team. And I did some research, and 50% of the time, it's that they didn't know what to do, or they forgot to what they were supposed to do. Um, and I'll include a link to that show in the, in the podcast as well. But if you're going, if user training and user training is going to be a part of that, and that's where the, that's kind of the core of implementing some of these ideas. It has to be a repetitive sort of thing where you're talking about it in your, in, in your weekly meeting and reminding people that this is how you need to be doing things. Um, Cause otherwise you're just not going to get the adoption that you want. Um, people really don't want to change if they don't have to. And I, I, Except that this is a, a significant change in the in the way that that a lot of companies typically um, handle this sort of thing. Uh, and if you want to talk more about it, or if you have ideas about it, I've counseled other companies on how to do this, um, and and I'd love to talk it through with you. Again, these are some ideas. I think they might have a, a strong impact and could help you. They are not the complete solution. Right, A complete solution includes having protection for your email. It includes having antivirus in place. It includes making sure that you're consistently patching all of the machines. It includes some of the more advanced security features like security information event monitoring, vulnerability scanning, securing your website, backup and recovery, covering mobile devices. If you're, if you're regulated, meeting your, your, your compliance um, 
uh, regulations and, and management. Um, and you need a partner to do that. And we can we can help with that. My co- company, All Cover, can help with that. And then I know I mentioned it at the top of the show, but if you if you don't have a plan in place yet, I consider you know some of these ideas. But also the team at All Cover they created an ebook called Four Keys to Protecting Your Business, um, and you can get a copy of that for free. Just go to www.jasonclaws.com forward slash security. And you can download it right from there. Or if you want to, just hit me up on LinkedIn or reach out to me. You can email me at jason at jasonclaws.com. And I would love to have a conversation with you about this. And, and, and we could go a little bit deeper into the topic. Well, that's it. That's all I got for today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you got a few good ideas out of it. If you like what you're hearing, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review, maybe a couple of stars. Better still, if you want to forward this to a friend, I would be eternally grateful. I think the more people that start listening to the show, sharing their ideas, the the better the quality of the ideas will become and the stronger the community will get. The next episode, I'm not certain exactly what it's going to be about. I'm thinking I'm going to be doing it on a topic called bullet journaling. It's really, really interesting, and I've been using it for a few months, and I'm a lot more productive as a result of it. Until next time, I'm Jason Claus. I hope my good friend Jesus blesses you and yours the same way I hope he blesses me and mine. You take care. We'll talk soon.